I don't know what I was quite expecting with those balloons. <laughs> I've never seen balloons disappear so quickly. <laughs> I tried to get it on video, but I, you know, I think it went from people holding balloons to they're gone. <laughs> but they're gone. They are gone. You've let go of something, and they are gone. Um, it's great to be back. Some of you know us. We've come over from Dublin, and it's great to be here and to be received by, by you. And I was just standing there looking out of the window, and I was just reminded of the connection between these islands just how people circulated and moved between these islands. When we were here last time, we took off on a trip, a special trip. We went up to Iona, we stayed on the Isle of Mull, and we had a fantastic time in Iona. And uh, that's a whole story, it took me a while to tell, um, <clears throat> but it's very special for us both, wasn't it? And we came back and we went up to Glenfinnan, steam train, got a cup of coffee there, had a nice chat with the guy, and he says, if you leave about now, you'll end up with your cup of coffee just in time. And sure enough, when we got up there, there's like 150 people who'd been there probably getting the best places, cameras and stuff. And we just walked up with our coffee stopped. And here comes the train, got the train and uh, went back and thanked the guy for, for, for telling us about it because we didn't know the train was coming at that time. And he said, you should go into the church there, back of Loch Shiel, is it? Yeah. Loch Shiel up there. And we just opened the door and we could see the view out to Loch Shield from inside the church. Gosh, stunning. Absolutely stunning. And he said, you can ring the bell. Now, the bell's not on top of the church. It's lying on the ground. He says, you can just poke a stick at it. And he says, that was a gift from Ireland. I said, I know. We've come to get it. <laughs> it might have been here for a long time, but we're sticking it in the van and we're taking it home. <laughs> So yeah, lots of things have happened around these islands, but um, yeah, it's great to be back and great to have this opportunity to, to share a few things with you. And again, before I forget this, the last time I was here, I had a vision and the vision was a stack of logs being chopped by this chopper. <laughs> Axe man. He was chopping wood and I was going, why Lord are you showing me? these logs, what is it about these logs that you're showing me? And what he said to me was fragmentation, like splitting. Splitting, we are very fragmented people generally. There's lots of parts of us. And then it kind of froze in mid-swing of an axe and something was splitting. And then suddenly it went backwards and the two logs came together. I was like, oh, that's an interesting vision. And then it kept on happening. It kept on happening that logs were coming back together. And actually they were coming back into a large part of a trunk of a tree. And then the tree was starting to reassemble in the vision. And then beautifully the tree, like up on these hills here, was being replanted in good soil. Come on. And those roots were reaching deep Come on. to waters. I really do think this is what the work is about here. It's about the reintegration of deep, deep parts of us. That we can be restored and be brought back to the full life of who we are in our true identity. Providing cover for people and the trees that we are where we're planted. So I just thank God for... (laughs) 
reminding me of that vision because it was a powerful one at the time and I was just looking there at the, at the scenery and I was going, wow, this is actually happening, this invitation. And thank you for stepping into the invitation. You're diving in. So what we're going to do in this session is we're going to start off a little bit in the head, a bit of education about the temple, about where the temple was seen historically and the Ark of the Covenant as well and where the, where the temple is now. So we're going to watch the Bible Project teaching, just a four-minute clip. Some of you may know it. Uh, we're just going to watch that. Then Elaine is going to take us into, well, describe it. Describe it. Um, kind of, it's uh, a vision God gave me, simply, you know, something that I had learned in the time God came into my heart. I'm going to bring you all with me. Mm. And, uh, and where I'm going to bring you is actually, well... Yeah, it's a secret. I won't say it's a secret <laughs> so far, but um, and then I'll be just introducing um, the lips from before the next piece. Yeah, so we're talking about drawing from and depending upon the well within, and so we're going to do this first of all, kind of by means of education, speaking to our heads about concepts. And then Elaine's going to take us into kind of a, an exploratory of that, and then we're going to watch John Eldridge. John Eldridge talked for fourteen minutes about the shallows, the midlands, and the depths. I was going to start talking about what he's going to talk about, but I won't. <laughs> but we want to take you then to the depths. We want to have an experience. I will pray and take us. We'll do the prayer descent together. And it involves something that Derek was talking about. It involves starting with benevolent detachment and letting go of those balloons. Um, so, yeah, so let's just watch this video to start and hopefully the technology will work. If you go back to the city of Jerusalem during Bible times, the biggest thing you see is the temple. This beautiful building was designed by King David and built by King Solomon, and they believed that it was the home of the God of the universe. Wait, I thought God's home was in heaven. Well, the whole point of this earthly temple is that it's the place that overlaps with God's heavenly home. The temple is where God lives and rules all creation as king. That's cool, but even Solomon, who built the temple, didn't believe that it could contain God's universe, right? Yeah, the building was just a symbol, and it pointed to the fact that all of creation is God's temple. And that's actually what the first page of the Bible, Genesis 1, is all about. Really? It says that creation is God's temple? Well, it doesn't need to say it. The whole story shows it. In Genesis 1, God creates an ordered world out of a dark wasteland by speaking in a series of seven days. Then on the seventh day, God's presence fills creation as he takes up his rest and rule. Similarly, the tabernacle and later the temple were built and dedicated in a series of seven speeches in seven days, after which the priest or king could rest and rule in God's presence. Ah, so all of creation is where God intends to dwell. It's like his temple. Exactly. Now, turn the page to Genesis 2, and we get another portrait of creation. This one focuses in on the land. And in the center of the land is a region called Eden, which in Hebrew means delight. And in the middle of delight, God plants a garden, in which God and humanity live together. And that's why the temple was modeled after the garden, filled with imagery of gold and flowers. The menorah symbolized the tree of life. It's the place where God dwells with his people. Oh, got it. And check this out. In the temple, the Israelite priests and Levites were to work and to keep the temple 
in God's presence. This is exactly the job description given to humanity in the Garden of Eden. So these humans were the first priests. But instead of ruling with God, they wanted to rule on their own terms in their exile from the Garden's temples. And like Adam and Eve, Israel's leaders also wanted to rule on their own terms, and they too were exiled. The temple was destroyed, and this left them wondering, did God give up on Israel? Will God bring about a new creation? Well, the biblical prophets anticipated the day when God would create a new temple with a new priesthood. That's when God's presence would fill all of creation. And when the Israelites returned to the land, they did rebuild the temple. But that temple didn't turn out the way the prophets hoped. In fact, later Israelite prophets said that this temple was hopelessly corrupt. So they're still waiting for the ultimate temple. And here we come to the story of Jesus. He said that through him, God's presence and rule was coming into our world in a new way. And he presented himself as a new kind of priest. But Jesus wasn't a priest, and he didn't work in the temple. Right. Jesus said that God's presence, his rest and rule, was filling the world through his own life, death, and resurrection. Jesus was claiming that he was the true temple. And this new temple would expand out to include all the creation. That's a really big claim. And it got even bigger. After his resurrection, Jesus said that God's presence would come to dwell in and among his followers so that they would become many temples. Communities of people where God rests and rules. Exactly. This is the Bible's vision of the church, which is described as a temple. Not a building, but people. Yeah, like when Peter says, you all are living stones built up as a temple for God's spirit to dwell. So, at the end of the story, do we ever get a new physical temple? Well, not exactly. What we see is a renewed cosmic temple, just like Genesis 1. And this new creation doesn't need a temple building, because through Jesus, all creation is now the place where God rests and rules the world with his people. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? To listen to that and kind of think that, you know, God has decided to make his resting place with us. It's shocking, isn't it? It's shocking. But, you know, he hasn't decided to make the resting place. I would I describe as in the head. I mean, we've got different ways of explaining this up here, but within our hearts, it's different. So we can understand all this but this is like this is probably what this retreat is really about. There's a very big difference in understanding how amazing God is, how wonderful He is, how loving He is, into actually taking that next little step into actually experiencing yeah. all of that, experiencing it right at the core of your of your inner being, right in that temple where He decides to reside His glory right now is present in every single person here. It's quite shocking. And we are literally this one little step away from connecting in with that, attaching to that glory that's in all of us. It's amazing. And of course we are, it, well, you know, it is a tricky thing to do for us. This eludes so many people. This is why God said, the way is narrow and few find it. Why? And we're about to find out why again. We've already heard from Derek this morning why we find it hard. 
because we just can't stop doing it on our own strength. Mm -hmm. We think that we are responsible. We think that we're the ones that need to be in charge. A lot of times we think we're listening, we think we're walking with him, like I did. We think we're searching, searching for him, and yet it's still all coming from self. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you into um, kind of it's um, into a little meditation now. Charles, you are not to get distracted by this meditation, okay? Because it was something that Charles actually spoke about yesterday about a vision. I had this vision about six or seven. Oh, was, was it seven, seven years ago? Um, once I started really understanding about, um, about the heart and about him resigning there. And at the moment I got this vision, I was in a very holy place. I was in the kitchen uh, unloading the dishwasher, believe it or not. Um, I just finished listening to some worship music. And sometimes because the way I used to be, my mind was always going, 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 going. Very, very active mind. I'd like to say active, but probably should say disturbed. I couldn't get out of my head. And worship music used to help me do that. So in this moment, you know, in moments of worship, I was able to access my heart. So everyone here has accessed their heart before. I just want to tell you that. I've heard a few people here saying already, I've had visions of this. We can access that, that, but we don't realize we can access it all the time. Right now, I'm trying to access mine, trying to connect in, in with my heart. I haven't fantasized all this part. So I'm going to just read this out to you. And just if you can just enter into this picture. This is the kind of things that God gives you. <coughs> there are these simple pictures that you never forget. When he speaks in your heart, whatever he says to you over this weekend, never mind us, it's what he says in your heart is going to transform your life. And he'll keep saying things over and over again. I've been living off this simple vision for a long time. So I just want you to join with me. If I'm not speaking loud enough, will you let me know? Because I, t I can tend to um, speak quite gently. Well, my kids don't always think so. <laughs> <laughs> I can be tough if I want to. So here we go. So I've got this picture of this beautiful river, this beautiful river. Um, can I just get it up there? Just put it down. There it is. Let's take a little look at that. The reason why I'm asking you to take a little look, well, that was the best picture I could find, is that before I was able to access my heart, I actually found it very hard to see pictures in my heart. I was such a heady person. Just, I just found it hard to see. So you can look at that when I'm speaking, or you can just now go down into your heart, just relax your whole body, and just go down and close your eyes and just invite you into this. So I was standing beside this beautiful river, and I heard a voice calling me. As I looked up, the voice was coming from the river itself. To my delight, I could see Jesus calling me and waving at me. Oh my goodness, his smile was beautiful. It was captivating. He asked me a strange question. Elaine, what do you see? I see you in the river. He asked then, how does that make you feel? 
Wonderful, I answered. He said to me again, what else do you see? As I looked again, I could see Jesus was having fun with a small group of people. These people were all my close family members. These people were my friends. These people were my community, the people that he had given me, particularly in my life. Some of these people were my clients who I worked with. Some of these people were just in other small groups, playing together, playing water polo, just having fun, living freely, living lightly. Some were chatting and laughing together as they observed the life within the river. Some were lying on their backs, floating, looking at the beautiful sky, allowing the river to bring them wherever the river flows. Jesus asked me again, how does this make you feel, Elaine? I answered him, this is beautiful, Jesus. I love it. This must be your river of life. I thanked him for allowing me to see all this. What a gift it was to my heart. He smiled back at me, almost ignoring my polite expression of gratitude. And with a little glint in his eye, he said my name. Elaine, look again. Who's missing? I started to name all the people I saw in the river. No one, Jesus. Everyone, is, is, everyone who's close to me is here. Thank you. Thank you for the gift they all are to me. And thank you for coming close to me today. I love when you speak to me like this, Jesus. He pressed me again. Elaine, there is someone missing. At this point, I started to feel a little awkward, like a small child in a classroom being asked a tricky question. I looked down at my feet. In that moment, it dawned on me that my feet were on dry ground. I was on the bank of the river, so close to the river, and yet not in the river, not in the river. I slowly looked up at Jesus and with a whisper I said, it's me, I'm the one missing, I'm the one missing from the river. And Jesus smiled, said, yes, come, it's time. Jesus was inviting me to get in the river, the river of life. What did he mean when he said, come, it's time? Was I not in the river before? Had I not been earnestly seeking God for many years? Had I not had many tangible even experiences of God's presence? Worked hard serving Him? <coughs> gained more and more knowledge of Him? Had I not sought healing and brought others to healing experiences too? I have many questions for Jesus about this vision. After a little while of waiting and listening, God spoke to me again about the picture of the river. He said this, everything, Elaine, everything that has happened in your life so far was to get you to the river bank. None of it has been a waste. 
all of it has been this one sole purpose. Everything that has happened in your life so far has been used to prepare your heart to get into the river, to receive something that I have longed to offer you. Your heart is now ready for supernatural receptivity, to receive the most important thing my living river has to offer. It is time to immerse your whole being into the supernatural waters of my love. It is time for you to learn how to rest, receive and saturate yourself in the continual flow of my nurturing, strengthening and calming. So just open your eyes and <laughs> thank you very much for entering my heart. <laughs> and this is what we can do. We share that was a very simple picture that I got unloading a dishwasher. And in that one moment, 40 years of walking with God, everything changed. Everything changed. And why did everything change? Change really through revelation, you know. That standing on the river bank, you know, I was I was quite disappointed when he said there's someone missing. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like what? I gave my heart to you when I was 11. Now that sounds great, like a, a, a child who you know really can attach to God. But the reality is, as you know, I'm a counselor. You know, I had some big issues going on in my life by the time I was 11. Some of you know my story, 22 homes and 16 schools up to the age of 15. So when I met this loving Jesus at 11, like I said, I was like, <coughs> boom, attachment like this. But the reality is, is I also had some things in my life already at that point which were hidden. The hidden things. The things that I didn't realize that I, were, that I was going to, too attached to. To what? Because our hearts really are, the, they are beautiful. They are these beautiful, deep, deep wells. They are these beautiful vessels. But they are hungry. And they are very, very thirsty. And they are thirsty for love. Amen. They're thirsty for belonging. And God, in his mercy, thank God, caught me at 11. Because he hadn't caught me then, oh my God. But he had still a lot of work to do in my life to get my heart ready for what? Imagine he had to use all that time to get my heart ready. And this isn't, won't be the same for all of you. <laughs> but just the way it went for me, that he used all that time to get my heart ready. All that work, all that prayer, all that mission work, all that ministry, all that working people, all that study. <coughs> And he gave me this picture, you know, he said, you know, I was standing, when I looked down at the, at the, at the, at the bank where I was standing, I, I kind of, I should have seen a forest behind me, but I actually saw a jungle, you know. And I had been, I felt like I'd been wandering around in this jungle all this time. And it was funny, in the jungle, he was showing me things like the things that even to that point that I was going to, like, I, I mean, 
it's just like behind every kind of like banana tree or something, there were books all about knowing God. There was even books all about knowing myself. Mm. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of self and counseling. And, but yet, all of this stuff, all this stuff is great to have. It's very, we need to have this knowledge, but at the end of the day, that knowledge has to bring us to the river back. Mm-hmm. And that, all that knowledge, all that striving, all that understanding of you know, everything, whether it's spiritually or even just humanly, about our egos, about our attachment, about our needs, you know, about internal family systems, our parts, which I talked about last time. All that, you can understand all that. I've met many, many beautiful counselors, which was once myself, standing on the bank, and they are not in the river. (laughs) But they can talk about the river. This is what Jesus, he's so smart the way he told me about the river. And he was so smart, kind of getting me to reflect on even how I was responding. This is fantastic, Lord. Isn't this beautiful? Look at you in the river. Look at all these people. Thank you. Thank you, because I'm a bit of a pleaser. So I'm always going, God, you're so good. He's like, I know I am. (laughs) He's got a good ego. I know I'm good at that. But you're not in the river. So drawing from the deep well within, our souls are like exquisite vessels created by God for him to saturate and fill us with his presence. We were designed for this. We were designed beautifully. You know, as you can see this, well, you can't see it yet, but this beautiful fountain is picture. It's like, you know, it's like a fountain. It's curved at the edges. It's a basin. It sits on top of a fountain, and the the water just comes up through the fountain and spills over. Or like this image here. I love this image. Just the water bubbling up. And wasn't that the promise in John seven thirty eight? John 7.38, I know you all know your scripture here quite well, a lot of you. He who believes in, in me, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me. Derek was talking about that this morning. Relies on him, not on ourselves. Not even on our knowledge. Not even on our knowledge of him. As the scripture has says, from his innermost being. His innermost being will flow continual rivers of living water. Living water. Like a car needing fuel, we too are designed to run on him at the core of our being. I mean, even just thinking of that simple concept, maybe some of you have heard that before, but, you know, I remember just receiving that in a simple prayer time one time, just God showing me it's, it's very simple. I'm someone who used to make things very complicated. <laughs> Because I love learning as well. Sometimes it's great, it's a great gift, but then it makes, I can overcomplicate things. He's saying, at your core, we were designed like an engine. An engine needs, you know, petrol, needs gas, needs fuel. We're exactly, we are these beautiful engines, you know, these exquisite vessels that need to be filled. And then we see in Revelations 22 where the source of that fuel, where the source of that life is coming from. We know this from Revelations here. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This is where it's coming from. It's coming from the throne of God right now, and it's there, and we can access it every single day. 
we have, some of us have accessed this before. This is what I really want to give you lots of hope here. You'll know this. There'll be moments where, but it's like we get in the river and we hop back out again. And we're in and we're out. Or we put a toe in the river and then we pull it back out. And we go and tell everyone about, guess what happened to me this weekend? You know, I had this experience with God and whatever. So we're going to be talking about this because we're going to be talking about how to access this deep well. We're going to be listening to what Finton said to John. Um, God gave me this picture one time and it kind of showing me what are we like when he's not at our core. Or probably a better way to say it, what, what are we like when we don't access him at, at our core? Because I believe for anyone who's given their life to Jesus, he is at your core already. That is already there. It's about the access. So the picture he gave me was this. He said, Elaine, your soul is like a black hole. Does anyone know what a black hole is? What's, can you give a description of? It's nothing. Yeah. Something that just consumes everything. So That's it. Something that consumes everything because it's nothing. Emptiness. Hmm? Emptiness. Emptiness. Anyone, anyone know anything else about black holes? Is it what? Yes. It's an abyss. It's 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 abyss. It eats up everything. Yeah. Just that gap that we try to fill. Yeah. We we have in in life, and it can never be filled. But then once we've met him. Yeah. Yeah. So just in case you think I sound very knowledgeable on black holes, <laughs> when he said this to me, I went, I didn't have much time. I was about to give a talk at a retreat, you know, and I was like, how do I explain this to people? And he said, just tell them it's like a black hole. Eh? This is what's great when you access this wisdom and this love from God, you know, in your core. It gives you these simple little things and boom, comes up. You know, so what I did was I looked up the child's explanation of a black, black hole <laughs> for children because so I don't have time to read all this stuff. And so what I discovered about a black hole is very interesting. Is Do you know what a black hole used to be before it became, becomes a black hole? A red, a red hmm? dwarf, a red dwarf. Star. Star. So what are stars? What are stars filled with? Energy. Energy. High energy. Michael sucks on the energy. Yeah. Gas, energy. We, you're talking about energy, explosive energy, explosive. He's <coughs> also talked about love, you know, and all the other things that God is. He is explosive. He is powerful. But he, as we're going to be hearing as the as the as the weekend goes on, he's also gentle and loving, compassionate. We once were stars, and what happens when stars a black hole is made, you know, comes about is when a, when a star runs out of fuel, when it runs out of gas. And when it runs out of gas, guess what happens to it? It, it, it implodes on itself. Wow. Is that the right implode? Yeah. Yeah. I have to do my little word checks for my husband here. It's great having a side note. So it, we, you know, it implodes in and on itself. And there is this gravitational pull then that happens that, that anything that goes by that black hole, boom, in it comes, in it comes, consuming. And this is what we are like when we do not access the river of God on a daily basis in our life. We will suck in anything. We don't realize our hearts 
are, I mean, we talk about thirst. I mean, you do not find God unless you're really, really hungry for him. Mm. I'm sorry. If you kind of like give and take, mm, 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 you're not going to find him. Because the reality is your heart so wants sometimes everything else mm. but what God has to offer. Yeah. Even Your heart can even, like me, want all the knowledge of God, all the busyness around God, mm. all the activity around God, all the people that are around all that. <coughs> but that is not the river. That is not accessing the river of life inside, as we know. And so... You know, that understanding is just helpful. And often what happens is as well is, you know, with that, you know, that imploding, unfortunately, you know, and we did talk about this around enmeshment, is like, you know, this is where enmeshment starts. This is why we get pulled into people's chaos. You know, sometimes you just walk by a person, mind your own business, <laughs> and next minute, it just like suck it in, you know. And, and what I've learned is that, you know, if I'm not accessing the river, especially because of my my coping mechanisms from many years ago, which was, you know, I was a chameleon. I'm the person who bends and moves around to kind of like, what, what do you want me to be? How do I keep you happy? So I was like a walking disaster. It's just every time I walk past them, <laughs> kind of like, woo, 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 I just attract them. And this was, and so very dangerous. Hmm? Taking everything in, taking everything on, holding it as my own. And people are very happy, actually, to give it to me, too. We get this, people rejecting their pain. That was the worst one, is people putting their pain on me and me not understanding how to kind of, like, to have that inner river of strength in me to kind of keep that separation <coughs> and that enmeshment. So, how do we access God in our innermost being? Where is God when we pray? Where is he? In our, in our hearts. A lot of people pray to God up here. But he is up there. So let's not give, whether we pray to God up there, let's, let's not give ourselves a hard time about that or anywhere else. Then a lot of us kind of go, ah, no, 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 especially the, us from the, the charismatic 70 days. You know, he's, he's right beside you. You know, he's walking with you. You know, that kind of concept, yes. He is right beside us. But then there's also this other concept which we now realize, have realized, and of course not just now, but over many, many, many centuries, people who've walked before us. There's so many amazing quotes of the saints who've gone before us talking about God dwelling in their innermost being. So we're going to listen to a video now, John, after just about 14 minutes. So if you can just relax and just try and absorb as much as you can. And um, he just explains it very well. And so um, if you want to take notes, um, that'd be very helpful as well. Going deeper, digging deeper. This isn't doubling down. This isn't, you know, gritting it out. We are looking for the presence of God and the resilience of God that he provides to us in our inmost being. I want to read something from Hebrews chapter 10 to get us started. Endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will and then you will receive everything that he promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith 
But I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Saved in every way. We've been talking about being saved. The wholeheartedness, the integration of our being, the union of our entire humanity with the indwelling presence of Christ in us. Okay. Again, as Psalm 73 said, we discover more and more that God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Okay, so what I want to talk about this time, digging deeper, right? As Coulter Barnes said, I got to dig deep. I want to talk about the practice of learning to tune into and commune with the presence of God deep within us. So let's go back to that Ephesians 3 uh, passage that I was reading from earlier, where Paul prays for us. He prays for resilience in our inmost being. But I want to pull a few things out here. Paul is so excited about the gospel and our transformation, our rescue in Christ. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to our Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit, and then Christ will make his home in your hearts. See, the work of God is by the presence of God and the Spirit of God in our inmost being. And this is not this is not beyond your present experience. If you have ever enjoyed simply a moment of the comfort of God, maybe somebody came and dropped by and just spent some time with you, maybe you've got a nice card, or you were out, you know, taking a walk in nature and something was just so comforting to you, you knew it was God. You knew it was something from the Lord, and you experienced that comfort within you. Okay, it may come through an external source, like a card or a scripture or a song that you hear, but the comfort is inside, okay? The same thing, if you have ever had the joy of hearing the voice of God speak to you personally, which, by the way, is an inheritance for every child of God. Jesus said in John 10, all of my sheep hear my voice. As we learn to hear his voice, just to have him say your name can be such a wonderful experience. Well, that comes to you inside. You don't hear it like you're hearing me now. Externally, you hear it internally in your heart. Okay. And if you have ever experienced love, the love of a friend, the love of a child, a spouse, the love of God. Again, though it may come to you from external sources, you experience it deep within your inner being. Okay. Now, in our search for resilience, in our search for the glory of God filling the temple, the mistake that many people make is that we ask God for it, but we stay up in the shallows. We ask him to strengthen us, in our inner being, while we are, you know, living in the complete distraction of life. So, I want to teach you a whole nother way here. And this is actually my favorite. This is my favorite session. This is my favorite 
practice that we're going to do together. Okay, so let me describe the levels of your feet. Okay, there are the shallows, the midlands, and the depths. And this is true for everyone's humanity. You have the shallows, you have the midlands, and you have the depths of your own being, the shallows. The shallows are characterized by just the distractions of life, right? It's the text, the email, the phone call, it's the Instagram, it's, you know, it's just the flitting through random, unconnected thoughts and emotions of your day. Tends to be the shallows. You know how this goes. You're driving down the road. You're listening to an interesting podcast on the intelligence of dogs. Okay, you're kind of absorbed in it. And then the, uh, the announcer, the host, makes this random comment that it's his birthday. And suddenly you realize, birthday, gadzooks, it's my mom's birthday. You realize you forgot to send her a card. You start scrambling to think of, where can I get my mom a card today? You think of a shop across town. Like, oh, maybe there. You remember that there's a great taco shop next to that place, which suddenly reminds you how much you love carnitas. And in about four seconds, you are miles from what the podcast was about. Okay? That's the shadows. In the world that we live in, I was describing why modern life is so exhausting and draining and taxing on our humanity. It's because of this. The world we live in is designed to keep you in the shallows of your own existence, where you don't even get to experience anything deeper. It's just splitting from here to there, you know, through your whole day, and then you just fall into bed at night and get up and do it again tomorrow. Everybody has this life, the shallows. But deeper down, there is the Midlands. And the Midlands is a much richer place in our humanity. The, the Midlands of our life is occupied by what Jesus calls the cares of life. Okay, this is your concern for your child's education. This is your worries about your aging parents. Okay, this is the place where your heartache over the news of the world. Okay, the shallows keep you distracted, but it is the midlands that keep you up at night. Right? This is the place where most of our prayers come out of. Oh Lord, please help. It's a beautiful place, but there's something even deeper. Okay, the depth of your humanity is the place of love. It is the place of hope. It is the place where joy dwells. It is the place of the deep dreams for your life or for those that you love, the depths of your being, okay? And most people don't connect with the depths of their being except maybe a couple times a year, maybe after, you know, four days or of their two-week vacation, they finally begin to kind of settle in, and we're able to let go of the chaos of the world and the shallows, and we're able to let go of the midlands and the cares for a little while, and begin to connect with the depths of our own being. And here's the deal. This is where God dwells. God dwells in the depths of our being. And if we're going to grow, in our intimacy with him, if we're going to experience more of his presence and all of the wonderful things that his presence brings. Remember when we were talking about the glory of God filling the temple and how the glory of God is seen in all creation, the ocean, the waterfalls, right? And, and how the glory of God is seen in the resurrection, in Cana, like all that richness. If we're going to tap into that, if we're going to tap into a deeper life in God, we have to go ourselves into the depths of our being and commune with Christ there. 
Now, down through the ages, if you read you know, Desert Fathers or some of the monastic tradition, th this is actually a fairly common practice, learning to tune out the external world and tap into the presence of Christ within us. But in our modern hour, this is pretty rare, and yet you are going to love it. <laughs> it is extraordinary. Because as we tap into communing with God, in our inmost being, he's able to say things to us. He's able to show us things. And most of all, we're able to really tap into the resilience that we're looking for. Okay? So, I want to teach you a new skill. I want to teach you a new practice. And it's going to involve a couple of things that take some explaining. All right. So, prior to the book Resilient, I wrote a book called Get Your Life Back. Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. And that was before the pandemic. <laughs> that was before the war. That was before the economy blew up. Okay, so the world that you know has gone mad keeps us in the shallows. And in that book, I talk about a practice called benevolent detachment. Let me explain it to you here. It's really easy to get. Scripture invites us to cast all our cares upon God because he cares for us. Right To lay our burdens down. Come to me, Jesus said, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. Okay, Rest for the midlands. Rest from the shallows. Rest for the depths of your being. As we learn to just release everything, if only for a moment, to God. So I use the phrase, I give everyone and everything to you. And if you're going to get out of the shallows and the distractions of life, if you're going to detach a little bit from the cares of the Midlands and the heartache, and you're going to really drop down in, you want to learn some benevolent detachment. It's just simply saying, for this moment, I can't fix anything. I can't solve anything. I'm not the savior of the world. I'm just going to lay it down for a moment. We practice benevolent detachment. And we learn to give our attention we are turning our attention to God who lives in the depths of our being, to Jesus in our hearts, to our Father, to Holy Spirit. Okay, so here, here's a piece. When you are praying in your prayer life, where is God? Where is God when you pray? Is he up in the heavens? Do you pray primarily to the Lord of the heavens, which is beautiful and full of reverence and respect? Are you praying to the God who is with you, the God who is by your side? Lo, I am with you always, to the end of the age, be promised. Or are you praying to the God who now dwells, as Scripture makes very clear, in your inmost being? In this kind of prayer, what I call the prayer of descent, learning to descend in, to drop into, giving our attention to God within us, this is really beautiful. Okay. So benevolent detachment, turning our attention in, and then lingering with Christ as he takes us deeper into where he dwells in our inmost being. This is a fascinating experience. Over the years, I would be with Jesus in a time of prayer, and it would be, it would be really rich. And then his presence would kind of seem to recede. And I thought, oh, did I just check out? Is he leaving? What just happened? And I realized what he was doing was he was coaxing. He was saying, come closer. Come closer. 
He would withdraw a little bit, and he wants us to follow him down into the depths of our feet, which is a really beautiful experience. Not only does it get us out of the madness of this world for a moment, but with our attention there, we can really enjoy all he is bringing us. Okay? So this is what we're going to do today. The prayer of descent. We're going to leave the shallows, let the distractions go. We're going to set the cares down. We're going to follow Christ into our inmost being and learn to simply commune with him now. Okay? I love this skill, maybe more than any other. So here we go. So we're going to do this together and just you know just listening to it again and hearing John say all all my sheep hear my voice it reminded me of uh, that expression again supernatural receptivity the ability to receive supernaturally you know and you could be doing anything like you can get a vision of wood <laughs> wood being split or be doing the dishwasher you know what Elaine said and then, I looked down and there was the riverbank. I thought she was going to say, I looked down and there were a lot of dirty dishes. But in that moment, you had a vision. It's in the dailies. It's in the dailies that we can actually drop from the busyness of the shallows to the midlands and to the depths. And so I'm going to, to pray this prayer. I'm going to take us into it and use the music. <clears throat> do this we start with a simple prayer Jesus I long for your presence help me commune with you where you live inside of me and as you learn this type of prayer repeating things like this over is actually very helpful because our attention is so fragmented. So just sit there, sit there with it. Sit there in that moment. Jesus, I long for your presence. Help me commune with you where you live inside of me. as we begin to turn our attention away from the world and away from the cares of life we practice benevolent detachment so we say Jesus I give everyone and everything to you I give everyone and everything to you And as you linger with that for a moment, 
there's probably some very specific things that you need to lay down. Some of them you will have let go in the balloons. Some of them may be coming to mind that now. Let go of that issue, that person, that relative, that pain, that physical pain. Jesus, I give that to you. I give everyone and everything to you. And we ask the Holy Spirit for his help. Holy Spirit, get me out of the shallows and the chaos of distraction. Holy Spirit, help me to descend into my heart to find Christ. Help me locate Jesus who lives within me. Spirit, help me follow Christ down into the depths of my being. I need your help. So some of you are, are there right now, and so stay with that. And some of you are popping back up. Don't worry about that happens to all of us just let it go again just give your attention back to the presence of God within you and follow him down release the shallows release the cares of your life Sometimes that takes a bit of practice. You just let it go again. Let it go again until you have let go. To draw back into his presence in the depths. And then we just begin loving him. Not the Lord of the heavens. Not the Lord by my side. But Christ who dwells within me. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you. Jesus, I love you. I love you here within me. Thank you for coming to dwell in my inmost being. I love you here, Lord. Give you my attention here as I follow you in. I love you, Lord. So just take a few moments just loving Him, giving your attention and your affection to Him within you. As you become aware of even a portion of the presence of Jesus within you, just follow Him. 
love him and linger with him. Be open to what he wants to do. It may be comfort. It might be love. It might be a vision. It might be something that he wants to show you or a word that you need to hear. He might want to show you something of his kingdom. Let him lead. I love you, Lord. I love you here in the depths of my being. Jesus, Holy Spirit, fill the depths of my being with your glory. Fill me with your love and your glory and your kingdom. Give me the strength that prevails. Lord, fill me with your glorious strength. I pray the glory of creation would fill my inmost being. I pray the glory of Cana and water into wine would transform my inmost being. I pray the glory of the resurrection would bring restoration into my inmost being. you for your resilience. That you would pour that into me with a supernatural resilience from the inside out. yourself slowly come back up and back to being in the room present to each other is that good yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the prayer of descent and it starts with benevolent detachment Derek talked about and John re-emphasized the letting go and once you let go you're already in a state of being far more relaxed your nervous system is letting go of everything that has you in your in a heightened sense of chitter chatter in our minds the distraction we need to do that letting go first 
and then we can do that prayer descent and come down to be with him. And it does take practice because you're bouncing along. It's almost like that buoyancy thing, you know, the divers use and they, they have to find that, you know, it takes a while to get used to it. I, I tried it and it was quite funny. I, we were in probably this depth of water here and some people were taken back off and were back up the surface and you could see them and as, as you were watching them hit the surface, you were actually crashing into the sand because you didn't have... So, you know, there's a bit of practice and learning in doing that. But what I think what you'll find is the richness will come and it will come in very simple ways of real whatever it is. Is it comfort that he's offering you? Is it words of encouragement that you know that you can't speak those words to yourself? Because we don't normally say nice things to ourselves, do we? So it could be words of love. It could be a vision, a picture. I'm getting a lot of those. <laughs> you know, I'll be in the depths and, and suddenly these, these images will come. And they can be really useful if you ask him if you ask him for more, you know. I had one this morning where um, it was like I, I pictured this castle and there's plenty of them around this area and it was standing on a rock and below it, it, it was like, you know, it was, you couldn't get back up to it. It was built at a time when, you know, it was on a rock. But I was like, what is this, you know? And there was a lot of erosion and you couldn't actually get up to it. And I was going, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be up there and I realized he was saying to me, you know, this is what happens. There's erosion yeah. around something that looks safe and sure and secure at some time in, in, its, in its history. People built it there for a reason. But that's not, that's self-reliance. That's not living life with, with him. And it was like a drone moved away <coughs> from that vision. And I realized, oh, look at nature. Look at the wonder that we're supposed to live in an adventure. We're not supposed to stay in that place sometimes. But due to move on. Yeah. And that was just from a small time of going into the depths this morning. So I hope that's helpful. I think we're, yeah, we're up on our time. Oh, yeah, I, I suppose one thing that we wanted to offer, yeah, is would people like to respond just what was that like for you? Did you get anything individually? And maybe you have questions as well. <coughs> so, anybody, team or otherwise? Yeah. When we went in, down into this depths, I got you a picture of two trees. And between the two trees <coughs> was a hammock. Mm. And he said to me, one tree is grace, one tree is mercy, yes. and I made a hammock of love for your heart. I love it. Just the way he'll give you a vision like that. Just the ability to rest in something which is kind of suspended, <laughs> you know, and I can rock and stuff like that. And so, you know, you've got the real life experience, but the weight of it will take your weight, grace and mercy. In a hammock. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to meet our needs. 
whose riches are for the needs. But who knows? Who knows that better than yourself? So Thank you. You know, I really like that bit going inside, and I got a, a picture of the TARDIS. So, like Doctor Who, and it looked so much more inside. Mm, huge. Yeah. Yes. I'll be talking a bit about that tomorrow. Yeah. What we discover in our hearts, going down at the deck, it's big. Yeah. It's huge down there. Bigger than we thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it probably goes. Can I just share one wee tiny thing? This happened to me, it reminded me quite there, but I was up at college, and at lunchtime I go in away alone and I have that music and my earphones and have a quiet thing. And <clears throat> while I was that one particular day, I pulled a mercy every once the last years, and I was swimming in the med with my GoPro, I was underneath filming. So I'm sitting just quiet, and I had this picture. I was underneath the water, swimming in this beautiful ocean. What Finn had shared there about this, you're going down here to access this regenerative, explosive power of God. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you know, so it's like the invitation, like Charles' vision, dive in. You know? I mean, that's here, let's see how important it was for me there that I was realising. Getting out of the shallows and <coughs> trying to dig deeper for me, because I feel I've been in the shallows too long, mm-hmm. and how possible it is to get out of the depths. Mm-hmm. Works really good. Seek and you shall find. I keep getting that all the time. Seek and you shall find. I keep seeking for them. So go and I'm finding them. But I need to go deeper and go deeper and go deeper. Yeah, that was important too, if you don't mind coming in. So like that's you hearing something, seeking you. So this is kind of this what we open ourselves up to. It's a combination of seeing pictures, you know, getting words. At times words it makes sense, but at times words of scripture. You often think, yes, of course scripture, but you know, that's him speaking now words. Those words hold on to those, write them down. Really encouraged, write these things in a journal. Mm-hmm. Very important. Can I ask a question about see the, the black hole that was up there? Yeah. See, for my life personally, I, I know what caused me to get into myself years ago. But what causes the black hole to turn into a black I know you said it explodes or and is in, but what causes it? Is it everything around about it the same way? It, no, it's it main, mainly it's, it's energy is spent, so it, it's run out of its power. It's, it's you know what's it mean? it's not being filled up. And so eventually, I was thinking no, it's itself. It's it's like self reliance. It's it's got what it needs to shine, like a star. But eventually, eventually, it's running out of fuel. Yeah, and so then it implodes on itself, you know, collapses in. Yeah. Can I see one thing up? The, see the picture they had about the fuel? The car was made to run in fuel. Well, we were made to run in God. And if we become empty of that, that's what's the emptiness. Running out of fuel, and then you end up, you 
people to take your heart to all these crazy mm -hmm. places mm -hmm. to, to fill time, try to get relief for <laughs> Can I share a wee, just a wee bit uh, as well? I, I go, that was beautiful, thanks very much everybody. Uh, I go the same kind of theme as what I had with it, this beautiful boat, a ship, and uh, I was playing in the water and it was beautiful and there was a few hours we won't everything, but Jesus ended up on the water with me, like pure, full of joy and just enjoying it. And he was like, come on. And I stood at the edge of the water, ready to dive in. He says, walk. Oh, there was a swimming pool. It wasn't a lot of river. There was a swimming pool on the boat. And he's like, walk on the water. And I started, I was standing back and just in there, I looked at his heart. He was looking into my heart. And I started to walk in the water. And he was encouraging me in the busyness of life to come to that deep place and that secret place where, and, and the, the miracles and the things will happen where we'll be walking in the water. But it was in that deep place. It was so beautiful. And then I was like, about the boat. And he's like, ah, I'm driving the boat, it's all right, you can be two places at one time. You know what I mean? It's like, he's steering that big ship, he's steering it, knowing he's in control. It was beautiful. There's a song for you, Charles, if it hasn't been sung <coughs> it's called Dancing on the Waves mm. with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. We'll play it later. No, I'll just share a wee bit of all that. When we were meditating there, there's there was, uh, we were walking along the river and it was kind of going down and then when we got to the boat and that, the cordon was there, but it was just Alan staff, it was on the target. But that's, what, that's just what I go, the arc and curtain, and Alan's on the target. Erin staff bud budded overnight because it was in the presence of God. The other ones didn't because they were false. It budded overnight in the presence of God. Thank you. Just one thing, when uh, John Edwards was speaking about times he was in the presence of God, God was bringing back to my remembrance about times I was in his presence, you know, and in the fullness of God, I believe, in the heavenlies, you know, where there was no time, no sense of the world, and just a sense of God's love and peace writing about me, you know. And I don't know how long I was there, but it's just like John saying there, you know, God takes you into these places so you come in further and in further because he's wanting want you to be in the depth of his glory, his love, you know, that it's not just that you'll feel it, but other people will feel it and know you're in the beauty of where you are yeah. Yeah. in the presence of the Almighty. <coughs> you know? Yeah, and I think more and more of the practice of this leads us into having, you know, to be in union more regularly with him, to be, have our lives intertwined with him and so over time what happens is the absence of doing that becomes significant you know and I know we'll draw it out tomorrow you know in different things that we're saying is that right now this is like a monastic something that we're doing and we're doing it over here and but gradually it starts to his kingdom invades all of our lives in that way and you know we're spending more and more time in dialogue with him for for little things and for big things but start with the little things you know great This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. 
you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.